Hey, this is Ken at Capital Advantage Tutoring, and it's my job to get you through hey, the- Ken. What? No, no, no. Sorry about what? that. Sorry about that. Okay. I didn't no. mean to do that. I'm sorry about Why that. Why did you interrupt me? I'm just looking for some help with ETFs. That's all I want. Not letting and you do a video on ETF. Okay. So fine. You want to know what an ETF is? I can work on that. So let's get into it. Okay. So what is an ETF? An ETF is a pooled investment. Okay. An ETF is a pooled investment that you buy into. So it's a pooled investment. I'm going to say that a million times. That is registered with the SEC. It is registered under the Investment Company Act of 40. And what they do is think of this as a pooled investment. I have this right here. This is my Capital Venice Tutoring Cup. You can't see it because I have the background. If this cup by itself is worth nothing, I think it's worth a lot, but that's me. But this cup by itself isn't really worth a whole lot, right? So it's really just worth a couple 20 bucks. What if I filled it with a bunch of securities, right? So I filled this thing with securities, okay? So what happens is I fill this up with securities. I'm going to say it a million times. And then the value of this cup goes up and down because of the assets inside of it, right? So again, empty, worth nothing, okay? Can't see it. Woo, that kind of weird thing, okay? It's empty, it's worth nothing. But once I fill it with securities, the actual value of the shell of this cup is based on what's inside of it, okay? Now, the thing, now, if you've seen my other videos, and I'll link it here, you've seen my mutual fund videos where people buy and sell from the company, but here's what happens. They fill this up, and then they issue shares for it. Now, these shares trade on an exchange. So if you want to buy them, if you want to buy shares on the exchange, okay? If you want to buy shares of this ETF, if you're going to buy the shares, you're going to buy them on the exchange at the last price. So if you buy, you buy at the ask, and if you sell them, you sell them at the bid. Now remember, mutual funds, you sell it back to the company, right? So mutual funds, you buy them at NAV plus a sales charge, and you redeem them back to the company at NAV. That's not the case with an ETF. They're not going to buy it back from you. So once you buy it, you're going to buy it from another investor. You're going to pay a commission or a sales, not a sales charge or a Mark up or mark down if it's done principally, and you're going to buy the shares. Now, the good thing is they're very liquid. So mutual funds, right? So mutual funds, you buy it at 10 in the morning or 2 in the afternoon. You don't find out the price till, oh, like after the bell. In ETF, you can buy it at 10 in the morning and then sell it out a minute later or two hours later and get a different price because it's based on the market. Now, again, an ETF is tracking an index. It can track commodities, an index, a style. It can be very specific, like 20 securities, or it could be a whole, the, the, you know, the S&P 500 or the Russell 2000. Now, that's really cool. But here's the thing about it. So the mutual fund, what? Yo, I'm getting to that, okay? I'm getting to that. Now, in a mutual fund, it's actively managed, where there's an active manager, a portfolio manager, trying to beat the market, add alpha and all that stuff, but you're paying for that. A lot of expenses. Also, mutual funds have to kick out 90% of the income, which is taxable, because everything about a mutual fund is taxable. ETFs don't really have either of that. It's passively managed, okay? So an ETF is passively managed. What does that mean? A ETF passively managed means they're not trying to beat the market. And what they do is, here's the securities. They have a very transparent, let me show you. But look, the first thing I'm going to show you is, look, they can. you can be very specific, right? Alternatives, bonds, commodities, there's six more asset classes, currency, equity, all this stuff, right? The, also, you can do sector, consumer discretionary, consumer staples, energy, financials, industrials, materials. All this stuff, and, and here's some of the top issuers, okay? They go by industry, aerospace, aggregate. Look, 77, look at all these indices. You can find ETFs on each of these indices. So if you just like the one with broker-dealers, well, there's one. But if you want, like, broad technology, there's 100 different ones, okay? Banks, community banks, food, gaming, global warming. You can literally buy an ETF on almost anything. Look, I'm almost running. Region, look at this, all the regions. Africa, broad Asia. 
developed, developed Europe, developed, emerging Asia, emerging Europe. Those are the ones that are just the, the economies that are getting bigger. So all this stuff, okay, you can do a country, you can do bond ones, long-term bonds versus short-term bonds, different types of commodities, natural resources. If you think, look at this. So if you like, I have precious metals. If you think the metals are going up, a lot of inflation, maybe that's the way to go, okay? I bought an ETN on like the same thing, all of these different ones. Real estate by the region, alternatives, all these different things. Very cool that you can literally, and the, you can buy it on any industry. Now, the reason you do this, instead of you trying to buy shares of like one share of each thing, this you just buy the ETF that matches it and you're instantly diversified it, within that within that whatever, that sector or whatever you want. You can also do broad, the whole S&P, stuff like that. Look, aggressive, conservative, dynamic, very volatile. Big, large cap, mega cap, all this stuff. It's crazy, all the stuff you can do. But the thing about a mutual, so mutual funds, you really only see once a quarter what they do and you don't see all their holdings. Here with an ETF, it's very transparent because what it's showing you, you're going to see all the target percentages. Let me show you this. Okay, so I just went kind of nuts. And with the global X uranium ETF, it's, a, it's nuclear power, okay? So look, it says it, where we are. It shows you the holdings and these are the allocations. These are the target. These are all the companies that it owns. All these, not as I said, you all, you can see all of them. This is, hopefully you can see this. This is the holdings, okay? Down to the percent, look, all the way down to 0.07, this, the dollar, okay? So they hold all these securities in their percentages. Cameco, Cameco, I guess, is their biggest, and Sprott. And now that's their target percentage. That's what they hold. Now, they're not going to actively manage it, but what happens is at the end of the quarter, say Cameco was, I guess, Cameco, I don't know what the fuck, let's call it next gen. Say next gen because I can say that. Next gen energy is 6.76%. That's the target. But let's say it had a really good quarter and now it's gone up a lot and now it's like 7 or 8%. What they will do is that all the securities in here will move a little bit because they move, they don't move together. So what's going to happen is they're going to rebalance everything to bring it back to this percentage. So, and that's where we are with that. So that's why it's considered passively managed, not actively. The fees are lower because they only really trade once a quarter when they're doing this on a massive basis. They're always tweaking little things to adding when people, you know, but they're, but it's very passive. They're not trying to beat the market, unlike the mutual funds where they are trying to beat the market. That's the thing. The mutual funds, they have more fees. So ETFs in general have lower fees because they're not actively managing it. They're passively managing it. Okay. That's big. Moving on from that, the actual, there's a thing called an expense ratio. So that you're going to measure. The, some ETFs have higher expense ratios, some have low. So that's what, what it costs to run it. Adding on to that, there's a thing called tracking error. Because remember, the ETF is tracking an index. But remember, the ETF actually owns the securities where the index just lists them. So there's no cost. There's no margin. There's no commissions, no holdings, no interest, no nothing where the ETF actually has to hold the securities. They're paying commissions and they're paying percentages and interest and margin, all that stuff, they're paying that. So that's going to, so even if that index goes up like 18.2%, maybe the ETF only goes up by 18 because it's going to miss a little because it has costs that the index doesn't have. So that's the, that's far, that's some of the good things about the ETF, that it's cheaper you can actually go pretty specific, like nuclear energy, where a mutual fund, it's much more broad, more diversified. Now, if you want to buy a broad ETF, that's fine. Now, again, I'm doing high level. We're not going into the nitty gritty. I just want to give you an overarching view so that when somebody asks what an ETF is, you can have a conversation. Now, now the other part of this is that- What about leveraged or inverse? Yeah, 
again, I'm getting to that leveraged, right? Leverage that you're talking about. Yeah, shut up. Okay. So now there's a so ETFs are great that they match up with the index, but you can also increase your return while increasing your risk by doing what they call leverage ETFs. You have 2X and 3X. So like if say we follow the S&P 500 and we're a regular 1X ETF, right? What happens is if the index goes up 10, we should go up about 10. Index goes down four, we should go down about four. But they have leverage where they use margin and, and derivatives to increase the return. So if the market, say we do a 2X ETF, the end, the, what's going to happen is if the market goes up 10%, we're going we're gonna to track, we're going to try to go up 20% because we're using leverage and margin and all that. And then if the, but the, here's the problem, if the market goes down 10, we're going to go down 20. So leverage just means we're moving more. So there's 2X and 3X. So 2X, if the market goes up 10, we'll go up 20. And 3X, market goes up 10, we'll go up 30%, which means we'll triple it, okay? So that's there. Keep in mind, leverage are much more for day trading and short-term. Regular ETFs are fucking awesome. We'll get into that. Regular ETFs are good for long-term, very tax-efficient. But on this, leverage ETFs, they move more than the market, whatever direction you're doing. Then we also have inverse, which means they move opposite. So if you buy an inverse ETF, it goes opposite of the market. These are things that closed-end funds and open-end funds don't offer you. So there's a lot more things. So if you really think the market's shitting the bed, you can buy an inverse SPY, right? And then as the market goes down, you'll go up. It goes opposite. You can also do leveraged inverse. You can do inverse 2X, inverse 3X, or inverse 1X, okay? So, but again, they're really risky because what happens is they reset every day. Let me show you. The way we're going to do this is here's the first day. They're going to call this day one, okay? After day one, really, I guess you all bought it at 50. So we'll say day two, it's up 10%. And then day three, it's down 15%, okay? so that, And we're going to show you how the 1x reacts, the 3x, and then the inverse. So let's start with the 1x. Market goes up. Market's at 50. It's good. Here's the first day. We're at 50 bucks. That's clear. We're good with that. Then the market goes up 10%. We're going to go up 10%. 10% of 50 is five. So we're now at $55. Now, the next day, it goes down 15%. But here's the thing. You're going down 15% of that new number, that 55, not your original 50, the 55. So we have to do the math on this. So if the market goes down 15, we're going to go down 15 from 55. So we're going to go 55 times 0.15. That's eight and a quarter and subtract it from 55. We're now going to be at 46.75, okay? Because it goes down from that from that higher number. It resets. Now, let's try the 3X. So, again, the market goes up 10%. We're going to go up 30. So, 50 times 30% is 15. So, we're going to go up to 65. That's great. That's big, right? That means on a good day, we're making more money. But now the market drops 15, okay? So, that's going to be times 3. So, that's 45%. So what's 45% of the higher number? 65 times 0.45 is 29 and a quarter minus 65. That means we're down at 35.75. We lost a lot of money. I mean, if you think about it, look at the thing. If it goes up 10 and down 15, you should be close. But here, you go up 10 and down 15, you're down a lot. It's big. And that's why they're better for day trading. Now, the inverse. Market goes up 10%. We're going to go down 10%, so we're now at 45, right? And now the good thing is, now, now we're going to, we have 45 now because the market went up 10, we go down 10. Now on this one, the market goes down 15, so that's good for us. We're going to go up 15. 45 times 0.15 is 6.75 plus 45. 
So we're now going to be at 51.75. 51.75. Because that means the market went down 15%. So we're going to go up 15% of that new number, that 45. So we go up a little bit. So in reality, the market kind of went our way 5%, but we didn't make as much because the first day. So that's what resetting is. And this is why, because they reset, these are not great for long-term investing. The single X regular ETF is awesome for long-term investing. Low fees, it doesn't pay a lot of dividends, so you don't really pay any taxes on it to actually sell it into a long-term investing thing. It's it's a long-term, it's tax-efficient because you're not paying anything to the end. And if you hold it long enough, what's going to happen is you're going to be paying a long-term capital gain versus a, a bunch of gains every year and ordinary income. And remember, long-term capital gain is capped at like 15 or 20%. So ETFs are great for long-term investing and they're tax efficient, not tax-free, tax efficient. So on the Series 7 of the SIE, if you see the word tax efficient, then you are going to be thinking about ETFs all the time. Okay, good stuff. Okay, so that's going to be the ones with debt. I think ETNs or something. ETNs? You want me to talk about ETNs to compare them? Okay, I can do that. That's fine. It's, I, I, it's what to be doing. Okay, so now, ETNs, as far as you or I are concerned, an ETN is very, very similar to an ETF as far as us we go. You can buy it on specific industries or stocks or whatever it is, but it's debt. That's the difference. So you buy an ETN on a day-to-day basis, I couldn't tell the difference. I own ETNs and ETFs literally look the same, but it's debt. So in reality, when you buy an ETF, they're actually buying the securities, packaging it, and and you're moving it based on the index. The ETN just tracks it. So it's actually debt. So you're going to lend me money. So you lend me $1,000. And I'm going to give you back your $1,000 in 20 or 30 years. Sucks, but here's what's going to happen is you're going to get, you're going to get the interest at the end. So you're going to get your $1,000 back and whatever the index or whatever we're tracking over that time, you're going to get that. So let's say over the next 20 years, the S&P index is up 2,000%, right? So you're going to do 1,000 times 2,000%. So you're going to get 20 grand. Right, you're gonna give me a thousand, and in 20 years, you get 20 grand. That's you need to, because remember, you're not getting anything during the life of it, and that's your interest. You don't know what your interest is until the end. But again, it trades, so people day trade it, they buy in and out of it, they do all that stuff because it'll move with the index. So just like an ETF, it'll move with the index because the value is there. But again, it's debt. So if I company, the risk here is that I won't have the 20 grand for you in 20 years, okay? That's the difference, okay? That's the risk is that I won't have that money for you. So you have default risk because it's a debt, unsecured debt. I don't own the securities. I literally, you lend me the money and I just track it and I'll pay you whatever that index or security list of securities does in 20 years, what it's done over that time frame. So again, it's unsecured debt. So you not only do you have market risk, you also have default risk, okay? So really on this exam, ETNs are not really the thing you're going to to recommend to people, okay? ETFs are better. ETNs are not really because of that default risk. Unless they're a sophisticated investor looking to diversify, looking for, they'll say where it's like, they want debt, stuff like that, okay? And, and again, here's a good thing. ETNs, yeah, TNs, okay? Also have, you can have inverse, 2X, 3X, 3X inverse, 2X. I mean, you can, I'm saying very much like an ETF, except for it has default risk, okay? Guys, I hope that helped a little bit explain ETFs and ETNs. Hope my two pain in the ass has helped you. I help ask questions you have. If you have any questions, please check me out every Tuesday and Thursday night on YouTube. 
Also, leave comments, like, subscribe, share this shit. If it made you laugh a little bit, that's all good, too. Okay, everyone, you all have a good night, and you too, shut the hell up. I'll see you later.